You're a real crumb bum. Can you feel that? Can you feel what's about to happen on this field, man? So now it's fourth and 26. You want Philly Philly? This is Miracle in the Middle East, number two. And the Eagles fan. The Eagles fan. Oh. Eagles fans everywhere. This is for you. What's up, Eagles fans? Welcome back to a very special bi-week episode of the Philly Specialist. We are live on a remote episode today, making life easy since we're on the bye. I'm Eric, joined by Dom. We're here to talk about the birds once again. Dom, I had a cool week of football this week. I got to sit down on my ass and watch a bunch of football without feeling like I wanted to rip my own head off from stress. Yeah, it's it's always nice uh, when you get that bye week and you can just get you know belligerent and just watch football for actual you know i didn't remember sometimes after watching the eagles so much uh that that football can can actually still be fun like i, I forget that sometimes when i watch uh i watch football without any eagles like it could be stress free enjoyable and you know there's not a moment in the day where i'm like oh, wow i feel sick to my stomach so it was an enjoyable time but uh as as all good things come to an end, I'm ready for pain again. I'm ready to suffer through uh, Eagles games for four more weeks and hopefully an additional week because I'm a sicko. Well, speaking of suffering, uh, there are 21 players currently suffering from COVID-19 on the Washington football the Washington football teams the Washington football team tip of the tongue, teeth in the lips, the Washington football team's roster. So there's going to be 21 Vince Papalis uh, lining up against the Birds this weekend, and I'm wondering if there's a chance they're going to forfeit. I kind of feel like it could happen. I I would love it because then, you know, I love a free win, but uh, I can't see it happening just because there's just too much money on the line, and it, it would just be they'd rather roll out, you know, 22 Vince Papalis then then it's an opportunity to make money especially given the the owner of uh the Washington football team is uh, I think actually Scrooge McDuck before uh before he has the the visits of the three ghosts of Christmas past future and current day or whatever it is I I'm, I'm out of touch with my Christmas movies yeah very well known that Dan Snyder is the worst person literally the worst person that's it, actually just the worst person. he is officially there was there was a very quick power ranking surge by urban meyer but before he could reach the peak the pinnacle of being the worst person in the nfl he was abruptly fired <laughs> that in the middle of the night it broke twelve thirty. <laughs> i can't believe josh lambeau was I, I the one that. with the final nail in the coffin <laughs> that's what i was gonna say like how is josh lambeau getting kicked the the straw that broke the camel's back like, I can't oh, believe. Listen, it. we can we can deal with you blatantly cheating on your wife in a club after losing and chewing out and being disrespectful to every player on your team. But when you kick Josh Lambeau, you went too far. You got to get out of here. I think I think physical abuse was finally like the trump card they needed to be like, oh, we can finally get rid of him. We don't have to wait till the end of the season. People will understand it. But I think it was the best move. If I'm the Jags owner, that's the best thing you could do because you just got like a generational talent, a quarterback, and if you don't want it ruined, if you don't want that talent just just killed in the crib, you move on as quickly as possible. They may have just saved that yeah. guy's career. Yeah, that's it's crazy to have such a like like a no doubt blue chip talent and be, to be two and two and what are they two and thirteen now? It's it's a bad look for the for that team, and you know it's who's going to want to go back there if if you had Urban there still. I think it's the best thing to do to move on, and hopefully they go out and get you know a good coach because I I am pulling for Trevor Lawrence. I hope he does well. I I kind of feel bad that he's had to suffer through this so far in his uh, his early career. Yeah, I agree, and, and uh, it's crazy because I think that team's got some some semblance of talent. They're, they're they shouldn't be a two win team with their roster. I mean, they're, they're not a Super Bowl team right now, but man, ugh, ugh. If Atlanta can win the games that uh, what is Atlanta won four or five games like they Sounds might they right. might be six and seven like if they can win those games then come on yeah uh, Jaguars shouldn't be two and eleven yeah anyway uh, moving on to some new stuff going on with the birds this week that's why you tune in this is not a Jaguars podcast but uh, you know little stuff Jason Kelsey um, 
I don't know if anybody heard, but he was he was nominated for the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award. We talked about it a little bit, and he had some things to say today about how important that was for him, and I thought that was pretty cool. Um, you know, injury wise, and we'll get we'll get a little bit more into the hurt situation a little bit later, but injury wise, we had some full participants today that that were hurt. And, uh, Steven Nelson's back. Jason Kelsey's back. Lane Johnson, Fletcher Cox, Derek Barnett, you know, some of those guys were just resting, but they were all full participants today. Only people who were limited were Miles Sanders, Patrick Johnson, Jordan Howard, and Jalen Hurts. Um, Sanders, I'm hoping he's back. I think he's, you know, he was limited. He wasn't out, so I'm thinking he's going to be back, which is good, because I need a big, big week from Miles Sanders in fantasy. Need it. I got to have it. Yeah, yeah, I I missed the playoffs because you beat uh, Connor McBride, and you know it's just it's just funny that you know the last two weeks the team's finally clicking for me, and it's too little, too little, too late. But uh, I I do hope Miles Sanders comes back because uh, I have him in my best ball league, which I've moved on to the stage where you win five dollars, and if I get to the next round, I'm like in hundreds of dollars, and if I get to the next next round, um. I'll be in the thousands of dollars. But, uh, I think at this point, everybody uh, in the league that would have moved forward out of that like first, uh, first round, everybody has Cooper Cup and everybody has Jonathan Taylor. So I think it's going to be a miserable time. But if Miles Sanders does light it up, he may be like the, uh, the ace in the hole for me. So let's see Miles Sanders come back. But I also hope uh, to see Jordan Howard because I think we have yet to get to watch the Sanders-Howard uh, combined experienced. Uh, I think the game that Sanders came back was the game that Howard got hurt, and I think that thunder and lightning would be much welcome, uh, much welcome, very welcome uh, to see uh, with this team, uh, especially against a weakened defensive uh, front of the uh, Washington football team. I think it would be very, very entertaining to watch them all get out there finally healthy uh, for the first time this year, it feels like, since they started running the ball uh, appropriately. Yeah, I agree completely, man. I really want to see that two-headed monster. Um, and you think? Do you yeah. think that Jordan Howard will be on the team next year in 2022? No, but only because... That happens every year, and I and I'm going to be dumbfounded when it happens again this year. He should be. He'll go. He'll, I would like it. Maybe he'll go sign with somebody. Uh, have be totally mis. It's like he's only used appropriately in Philadelphia. So maybe he has to go out uh, and go through the same situation again. But I hope they do hold on to him. I wouldn't mind seeing this whole backfield back. Uh, and maybe uh, moving Boston's moving on from Boston Scott and having your backfield be Sanders, uh, Gainwell, and Howard. I think that I think that's a very balanced backfield. I love the idea of like Gainwell and like a Naeem Hines role, and then you have your Thunder and Lightning backs of of you know series of Sanders, and then you have series of Howard. I think it's a great I think it's a great mix of different types of talent that could really complement each other uh, moving forward. Yeah, I agree, and I, and I don't understand the disrespect that Jordan Howard gets. I just don't understand it. He was he was really good in Chicago. He was pretty good when he came here. He left and went to a Miami team that was like terrible, and he was misused. And then suddenly, like no team wanted him. I I, I don't get it. It's not like he's that old. I mean, how he's he's got to be what twenty eight? Yeah, he. I think he's yeah he's relatively young because uh, we got him pretty young. I think there was. There was something about him that rubbed coaches the wrong way, and then he got a reputation about it. This this off season, I remember hearing a lot of stuff. He is uh, 27 years old, so he'll be 28 next year. Uh, and they were talking about you know how he cut down weight in the off season and how he's focused on getting in shape and thought his career was over. So I, I really hope that they can hold on to him because I think he'd be a really nice piece moving forward. Yeah, no doubt. Speaking of disrespected players, I've fucking had it. I've had it with Philly fans a little bit. And oh yeah, yeah, this is a big one. I, uh, we we were talking about we were talking about what we were going to talk about today, and we are missing literally the biggest story this week in the bye week. It was somehow dumber than a quarterback controversy. I'm ready to fight someone. <laughs> 
for this fucking, well, I know. we should have drafted Micah Parsons' take over Devontae. I, listen to me. The disrespect on this man's name. Yeah. What, what, oh, what, no what, one's what? watching the tape. No, uh, not that no one's watching the tape. I, I understand. I understand the the love for Micah Parsons. I think we left him off of our list uh, in our draft mock madness because we knew that it wasn't a position of of you know great value when he was coming out as a linebacker, and he did have the ability to move over. But let's face it. I mean, his success was was not predicted to this level, and hindsight drafting is one of those things where I, I can't get behind it because. Going into the season, you knew what the Eagles wanted. If if the Eagles wouldn't have picked a wide receiver, what? How crazy would this city have gone? And, and it probably doesn't look the same way if Mika Parsons is a is a Eagle. And not even to talk about the fact that Devontae Smith is open every single play, every single play. And just because our our offensive philosophy has shifted, does not change the fact that. He's open every single play. And you know I'm a Jalen Hurts guy. You know I'm a Jalen Hurts believer. Uh, and I think a lot of that is is about draft pick, you know, conservation moving forward. Uh, and if you had any other quarterback that, you know, airs the ball out a little bit more, is a little bit, you know, less of a project, quote, project quarterback, I think uh, Devontae Smith is, is one of the best receivers, best rookie receivers in the league, probably slightly behind... Um, Chase, Mar Chase, yeah. maybe, maybe because if you look at the volume that Devontae Smith would get in just just say Miami, looking at what Waddle gets, I think Waddle has eighty two, eighty four targets, and then uh, Devontae probably has something like in the fifty range. You give him, you give him thirty more targets, I guarantee you, he's got at least one hundred and fifty to two hundred more yards. So All it's day. just it's just lazy, lazy. Uh, WIP caller bullshit who just want, you know, they want to be upset about something uh, and there wasn't enough smoke around the co- quarterback controversy. So, right. They had to and go it's ahead the bye week, with, so we can't complain this. about a game. And so this is what we're going to do. And I just, I just don't understand it. I mean, they drafted a player in a position of need who was a Heisman winner and who has shown you week in and week out that he can do it. I mean, what more do you want from the kid, man? You're talking about a guy who's got 700 yards as a rookie on a team that for half the season couldn't throw the ball and for the other half wouldn't throw the ball. <laughs> I mean, right. what the <laughs> fuck? You like, cut the kid some slack, man. The guy goes out there, he's a consummate pro, all he wants is to win. He wins individually on every play. Just, Just wait it out, man. That this team's going to click, whether it be with Hertz or with Minshew. And once the ball starts moving this year, at least, once the ball starts moving, he's going to get his. I mean, let's come on, man. I understand that Micah Parsons is a great player. I'm not taking anything away from him, but the Eagles do not value linebacker that much. They just don't. It just is what yeah, it is. And, and I, I'm still. I, I don't think I could even say I would go back and change the pick. You know what I mean? As crazy as that sounds, you know, I given, don't think it sounds given, crazy. Given this, like, like he, well, he's looking like you know, people are saying he's looking like the defensive player of the year, defensive rookie of the year for sure. And he, all that being said, I know where this league. You, you should know if you're if you're uh, an Eagles fan, you know where this league's going. And if you're going to beat Dallas, you're not going to beat Dallas by having Micah Parsons on your team. You're not going to beat you know them through that system. You're going to have to have. You know, a talented receiving core that can compete and put up points. You know, it's an offensive league. So I don't think I would change a thing about what the Eagles have done. No, and I think that part of I think that part of uh part of the thing you have to consider is that one receiver can make a bigger difference than one linebacker. Like a linebacker is an integral piece of a whole, but I don't think I don't think for the most part, at least in today's NFL, I don't think a linebacker changes an entire defense. I think it's like a force multiplier. Whereas a wide receiver can really do, like a wide receiver like Devontae Smith can change an entire offense. So yeah. it's what the if, Eagles need. They can get, and if they can get another receiver to line up across from him, 
And then I don't know where they're going to be at with quarterback. That's something I did want to talk about today uh, as well. And, and we'll get to it when we get to his availability this year or this, this week upcoming. But, you know, depending on what you see next next year, I think they're going to go out and get another receiver. And no one's going to be complaining about the Devontae Smith pick when there's a wide receiver, too, on this team that's actually functional. And, and it's just it's just impatient Philadelphia sports fan, uh, Hubba Baloo, in my opinion, to be to be anti Smith in any way, shape, or form, especially given the fact that I mean, Howie Roseman is not a saint. He doesn't hit. He hasn't hit in like the last two years outside of Devonte Smith. Like this draft up, you know, that just passed. There's a thousand things you can complain about to pick Devonte Smith. It's it's just insanity to me. Uh, yeah, it's just silly, man. And you're right. It is just like goofy Philly stupidity that comes with this toxic fan base that exists here sometimes in the media cycle and yada 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 it's too much for me man i I can't deal with it i was upset all week i had agita for fucking (laughs) for fucking the last five days wip is ruining my life someone help me yeah i i just can't believe what i'm reading like i just shut up like there's a lot of great players that get drafted you know, you cannot draft every single great player. You, we just cannot. So s- just stop it. If you got some, if you got a real weapon out of the draft, you won. You got a first round talent out of the first round. Congratulations. That's something that the and Eagles don't always pick. do. Oh yeah, yeah. And let's not forget we we got another first round pick. Speaking of another so, first round pick, where do we stand with uh, where do we stand with our current draft situation? Let me see if I know which which one that is. I do. That was that was smooth and and very much a uh, hat tip to a smooth transfer. You know, a lot of people don't realize how hard it is when you're doing stuff virtually like we are. You know, it's it's a supreme talent on our side to still flow the way that we're we're doing right now. It's 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 very impressive. So shout out to us. Yeah, that's true. And it's it's what's crazy is. You would have thought if you knew us when we were younger that we would just have been athletes. You know, being able to transition yeah. into this side of the game. Phew. Yeah, it, I think I think what they realize, you know, people listening know that, you know, we had all the physical tools, but, you know, we didn't want to put our we weren't we weren't into that gladiator sport. We had the minds for the sport. So that's why we do this. That's why we talk sports. We don't have time to play. Yeah. Games. Oh, anyway, you know speaking of did, draft picks, you know what I did want to talk about. We'll do it later in the episode. But can we talk for a few minutes about Demarius Thomas? Yeah, R.I.P. Yeah, I. A little later in the episode, we'll get back to it. But there, there's some things I've, we, I've had some conversations this week. I want to bounce off of you. Okay. Oh, I'm curious. Probably some Demarius Thomas slander. No, 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 no. Absolutely not. As a player. I, I, I. Well, yeah, that would be the wrong time to say it, but. I also Probably wouldn't one of the more say underrated receivers of our time. Yeah, he's great. I, I'm, I have nothing negative to say about him and his play at all. But we'll, we'll go. Yeah. We'll, we'll jump back to it. So where are we at with our draft picks? So we have pick number ten, number eleven. That's our own pick. Pick number ten is Miami, and then uh, Indy is now projected at twenty-one uh, as a playoff team. My take on that is a lot of that's going to be moving around. I think the Eagles are going to win. I think they're going to win at least three more games. Uh, I may be stupid and overly optimistic, uh, but then when you look at Miami's schedule, they have the Jets, New Orleans, Tennessee, and New England coming up. They're probably going to win a couple more games. Uh, Indy, uh, who has the highest pick for us right now, uh, pretty lucky. Uh, I think you know they play this Saturday uh, uh, in Indy against New England. We do have that uh, egg bet in place uh, over his turnovers for the quarterback for Indy. Uh, speaking of which, if he plays the whole game, it would be a virtual impossible uh, situation for them not to convey the pick, uh, regardless of what happens, the balance of the games where they have to play Arizona, Las Vegas, and Jacksonville. So it's an interesting, it's an interesting time because these picks kind of have, have fallen out of favor. But I think, 
Um, we may catch a couple breaks here with Miami, uh, maybe losing one or two games. And I think Indy has a tough go of it over the next couple weeks. So we'll, we'll see what's up over the next couple weeks. But right now it's looking like it's going to be probably th- uh, three top 20 picks as best case scenario. And I'm not uh, not thrilled about it, but three first round picks is still pretty damn good if you ask me. Uh, yeah, man, I'm not sneezing at a 10 and an 11. I mean, we got Devontae Smith at 10 last year. Yeah, that's you know, true. And we've been that's singing true. his praises all year. The number 10 pick is going to be a blue-chip talent. They just are. So I'm not I'm not mad at that at all. You know, 20? It, see, see, this is like, we're talking about a first-round pick as if, like, eh. Like, the number 20 pick is, can, be, <laughs> can be a great player. We, just because we have three, we're like, you know, oh, who cares? It's a, number 20, 21. Oh, ugh. You know, if if we didn't have stick, three, we would be like stoked, that pick. right? Yeah, like like weird. Yeah, I mean, you could have had Justin Jefferson at like eighteen a couple years back too. So you you know, it, it you can get good talent all throughout the first couple rounds. You you would want anybody picked in the first round to be an immediate contra, uh, con, uh, contributor, and that's regardless of where you're picking them. So I think you know they have enough holes on this team to. Uh, to warrant that they could get a couple guys that are going to start next year with these picks, and I have a feeling, and this is this is where my my take will will flow into where I'm at with Jalen Hurts. Uh, Jalen Hurts is limited this uh, today uh, Thursday. Uh, I think that it's going to take an absolute Herculean stretch of games that he inevitably has to play every single one of them, regardless of his status. Uh, you know, so I think he has to play this week. I think he has to play to a level that we've only seen in probably, you know, I'd say one and a half games throughout the year. I would say half of the Denver game, I would give him a lot of credit in the New Orleans game. And I would say, uh, although the defense was getting shredded, uh, he did put up okay numbers against a pretty weak Kansas city team atlanta so maybe two games or two and a half games throughout the whole year that he has put together um this kind of performance that he's going to need to do for four straight games uh or uh, quite frankly i just i think that the eagles are gonna uh make a move at quarterback unless unless it happens and uh, i'm not saying that i agree with the decision but i'm telling you as a realist i think that's what's that's what I'm seeing this season ending. Even if you make the playoffs, if you make the playoffs not not directly because of him, I don't know if the Eagles are even going to uh, be – I don't think there's going to be enough that he can do unless it's something spectacular that we haven't seen yet uh, to see him on the, on the team next year. And that was, that was my bye week revelation uh, that I haven't, I haven't really talked to you about it, but uh, I've lost a lot of faith in the idea of him being the quarterback in 2022 just because – uh, you know, thinking about this team, you know, there are less holes than I, I thought there were on the team as a whole now that they've kind of collected this offensive line and, you know, it looks like they got a good running back. It looks like the coach has finally figured it out. I think that the owner and I think that the GM, unless they know 100% that Jalen Hurts is going to be a stud in 2022, I think they're going to make a huge push for Russ. And I think even maybe Kenny Pickett may be a option for them uh, going into 2022 that they would prefer over Jalen Hurts. Um, but I, I'm curious to see your reaction to that take and, and what you think uh, about him, what he needs to do, if you think he's going to play this week, what Hurts you think you're going to see. Do you agree that he has to be uh, almost character, characteristically amazing over the last four games to even secure a job going into 2022? Uh yeah, uh, I'm I am shocked to hear you say that because that I know that's your guy, and I, I got to tell you I respect that you're that you're being honest with yourself and and all of our millions of listeners. Um, I, I agree all with you. Mi- all millions of them. Yeah, all millions. Uh, I agree with you though. I do think he would have to do something that really changed the way that this coaching staff and and this city looks at him in order to earn himself the job next year. And and. I hate to to say that you're right that they're going to make a move at quarterback because I don't love the idea of making like trading to like getting into a bidding war with the Giants for Russell Wilson. I don't want to have to do that. I don't love the idea of drafting a Kenny Pickett 
or, or somebody coming out this year because I think there's much better quarterback options the following year coming out of college. Hmm. So I think my preference, again, would be to go into next year and have like a true competition and just see who wins. Here's the problem. We talk again and again about this being this year being about Jalen Hurts and about seeing whether or not he can develop and developing him and seeing whether or not he can be a quarterback. But what we have to remember, it's not just about developing him. It's about it's about developing a lot of these young players. And if he's stagnating the development of guys like Devontae Smith or even Dallas Goddard, who's not a new player but is now filling out the role of the true tight end one, no longer in the shadow of Zach Ertz, or the, the development of Miles Sanders, who, again, not a new player, but trying to fill out his role playing behind this really great, stout offensive line that's run-blocking as good as anybody in the NFL. If he's harming the development of those guys, at some point it's just not worth it because you're also just kind of hoping that his arm develops enough to be the quarterback of the future. And if it if if in the me if you find out it wasn't worth it the juice wasn't worth the squeeze with him and in the meantime you hurt the career of a guy like Devontae Smith for example you just I mean what the fuck you you, you crushed yourself in every way shape and form and it's such an Eagles thing to do so what do you think yeah. what do you would you rather would you prefer Minshew or Hurts next week. So, so I think that this, like as you said, this season is all about Jalen Hurts. And while while it's probably, you know, I'm coming around to the idea that I don't think that this organization is, you know, and I I don't know if it's right or wrong, um, because I do, in some ways, I really do like that this this franchise is impatient because they know the city that they're in. They know that we demand and want winning, and we want it now. And you know. I'm will I'm willing to wait this year, and I would have been willing to wait and see more out of Jalen Hurts because I'm not in love with any of the other quarterback options. But because because the the process should still be finding out who he is, whether whether or not he can reach the bar that I think the ownership is going to set for him over the next four games, um, I still think you have to at least roll him out there um, because. Again, it's just going to tell you, I think, over the next four games, it's going to tell you a lot of information, and I'm hoping that it tells you so much information that we do end up going into 2022 with the competition. But I just, I'm starting to look at it, you know, my heart and and my, the way I would run the team would be giving more more Hurts time because I like the idea of having a cheap quarterback. I like using the, the picks for improving the team around Jalen Hurts and making a run at a quarterback in 2023 if you need to. That's how I would do it. But I'm starting to come into the reality of what Howie Roseman and Jeffrey Lurie think the best way to run the team is. And, you know, I don't know if they're right or if I'm right or, you know, if it's somewhere in the middle. But um, I think that ultimately – um, you still have to finish out this year with Jalen Hurts uh, just to see if he's going to show you something. Because, like I said last week, the, closing the door on Jalen Hurts to go with Gardner Minshew is no positive for 2022. It just tells you exactly where you're going to be in 2022. But playing Jalen Hurts, if you, if you close the door on Jalen Hurts in 2021, uh, I think you still don't know what you have and you probably still have to go into the 22 either with a question mark quarterback or a competition. And I think you can, you can, there's, there's more upside of seeing Jalen hurts. And then maybe he does show that he was more Denver game, more new Orleans game than he is giants game. But you have to Do know. Do you think you have at this point out. in the season, there's any possible way that Jalen hurts will be able to do something in the next four games against a Washington football team with 21 guys on the COVID list who's insanely inconsistent on a week-to-week basis, a piss-poor New York Giants team, and a Cowboys team that will probably be benching all its starters. Do you think he can do anything in those four weeks that are going to make you go into 2022 without a question mark? I can't even see how that's possible. There's going to be a question mark there no matter what. His his issues... Like, you know, a lot of the things that your concerns about, my, you know, my concerns about him, those, 
kind of can happen against good teams, bad teams, in between teams. It's because because it's more about Jalen Hurts than it is about the opponent. Like if they're running the same looks that the Giants threw out there two weeks ago, and he's baffled again, then you you learn a lot about Jalen Hurts. If, if it's a beat up team and Jay, uh, Dallas Goddard is getting wide open against a beat-up team, say, like Washington doesn't have anybody who can cover uh, Dallas Goddard, and he hits Dallas Goddard in stride, well, Dallas Goddard is the beneficiary of the beat-up team, but Jalen Hurts still has to make those throws that he's shown not 100% every single time that he can make. So I think he can show you a lot, but it's going to be like you're going to have to beat you're gonna have to beat the shit out of this Washington team. You're gonna have to beat the shit out of out of uh, the Giants. You know, you're gonna have to show uh, at least at least uh, win the games. You know what I mean? If you win the games, I think you buy yourself time. Then and then you walk into the off season where your option at Jalen Hurts uh, QB competition going after a quarterback oh. a little more level set it as. As if if the season ended today, I would say that they had no chance of moving forward with him in 2022. Yeah. They're gonna they're gonna push hard for somebody. Well, as it as, turns out, as wins, it turns out, we actually have a caller on the line right now, ooh, and uh, I like that. I like that our calls come in very randomly. Yeah. Well, you know, you know, he's been waiting on the line for a few minutes here, so I got to get him in. Uh, we he's talk all the time take. about how we're just two big fat idiots. So we went and got a football coach. He's been coaching in Philadelphia for the better part of probably 40 years now. Uh, if you know anybody over the age of 30 that played ball in Philly, he probably played for him. Coach Lou, how you doing? What's up, Big E? How are you? Hey, Don. Yeah, how you doing? Good. So, Coach, we wanted to talk to you a little bit today. We've been talking back and forth about Jalen Hurts and Gardner Minshew and, and what the best what the best thing we can do is moving forward, at least for the remainder of 2021, uh, for this Eagles team. And and beyond. So, do you have any insight, any, you know, smarter than us insight as to what you can do with each of their skill sets and why you may think one would be better than the other? Well, well first, thanks for the uh, answer to the intro to checks in the mail. Uh, <laughs> hopefully there's a lot of guys, a lot of guys out there that played for me or uh, or their kids or grandkids played for me that are that are listening. But uh, I think you guys have done a great job tonight discussing many facets of, of the problems with the quarterbacks on the Eagles team. Personally, I don't think they have a Super Bowl-quality quarterback on this club. So what you guys are talking about, uh, at the National Football League level, it's very important that if you replace your starting quarterback you have to understand that it causes a lot more problems than just who's your starter. There's clicks in the locker room. There's media to answer for. There's draft picks to be concerned. It's not an easy decision. Uh, Lots to be concerned in all different facets. But you have to have your plan for next year's draft when you consider who you're putting in at quarterback the next four games. If you don't want to draft in the upcoming draft a quarterback because you think the field is weak, you have to do something with Hurts now instead of having him ride it out and be a problem next year. I think you have to do something with the matter of trading him at the deadline. I mean, trading him even at the draft this year and say, okay, we're going to take our best chance to win a Super Bowl in the draft the following year when real quarterbacks are coming out and either go go on with Minshew. Everybody loves a great backup. He's a great story. He'll be okay. Nothing special. He'll not win you games that hurts will win you. But it's something to consider when you want to maybe lose a few games next year, get a good draft pick, and maybe maybe trading a dollar towards the deadline or at the draft is something that they got to consider. I heard a lot. I heard some things through the grapevine that I have some contacts with. That Jalen Hurts is not very well liked in the locker room anyway. Wow, that's the first I'm hearing that. Yeah, yeah well, I got, I got some people that I know that work over there, and they hear a lot of stuff about it being a little difficult for him to get along with some people in that locker room. Huh. That's yeah. definitely the first I'm hearing that. Yeah, well, 
especially it's given that that's probably that's probably what his uh, selling point to many people would be as being such a such a leader of men. So to hear that that's falling apart, you know, that just shows you maybe where the uh, the locker room feels about him as a player as well. It, now is that yeah. is that him as a person or just the frustration with his development? I I can't give you. I wasn't given that information. I think, uh, as I said, it gets clicky and and. I don't think he is in good standing with a lot of those guys for a bunch of things that go on on the field and in the locker room. Huh, wow. That is that a surprise. Be, it surprised me when I heard it. When I started doing my research and reaching out to a couple people, it, it surprised me. Um, but then you take a look at his game performance and you look at his reactions and you look at the things that he does and the faces he makes and the – Things how he points at receivers when he thinks they did something wrong instead of just shutting up and going get to the hell. That stuff can boil over the season and fester and get into a into the locker room, into attitudes. But either way, I don't think they have an NFL level Super Bowl quarterback on this roster, and I think that's what they had to look for. Don't get me wrong; I don't think offense is the secret to winning a Super Bowl. I think defense is the key, and they got a long way to go to help that any of this defense. Um, if you look up the 10 greatest offenses of all time, probably one of them won a Super Bowl. If you look up the 10 greatest defenses, I believe six to seven of them have won Super Bowls. So it's obvious that the other side of the ball is the key. Well, yeah, they do have a long way to go with that. Um, um, all right, yeah. I hear what you're saying, man. I hear what you're saying. Do you think that that there's room to grow for Hertz? Do you think that somewhere in this league, at some point in this league, he'll be good enough to make a playoff run, or do I, you think he just the ceiling's just too low with him? No, I, I think he can make a playoff run. I don't think the NFL has enough good, consistent teams to eliminate some team from making uh, any quarterback from making a run into the playoffs. You know, anybody can win six, eight, ten games. Ten games puts you into the playoffs usually. So if you can win ten games, guys can do that. They don't make that good. So he, he can find a playoff spot. And I think that the Eagles, I really do think the Eagles should move him while he's got a little value league-wide because if he has a pretty, you know, the last four games here aren't superior and then he happens to be your starter next year and he's pretty bad, you're going to get nothing for a guy that well, he's going to be at, there's going to be problems. It's just going to be nothing good could happen from keeping a guy here who is not going to win the Super Bowl and also may possibly have some issues in the locker room. I just don't think there's any benefit to it, and they should get something for him when he still has some value. So what do you do, in, in, what do, you do next year then? You you want to yeah, you want to roll a year with Minshew, or you want to look for, you know, you can, if you think Minshew's your your backup quarterback for the next five years, and he's happy being here and happy doing it, if he gets this a year with the number ones next year, and they lose a bunch of games, who cares? He get a better draft pick. He gets work with the number ones. If something ever happens to the to the stud that you that you draft, you know, you got a guy that's going to walk in and, and be able to carry the team for three, four, five games. In the NFL, any quarterback that goes down for starting quarterback that goes down for a long period of time during the season, that team's you know probably done. The backups don't usually have miracles other than Nick Foles. I mean, that was for us to have won a Super Bowl with Nick Foles was truly a, a miracle. Uh, but that, if a starting quarterback goes down for an extended period of time, the teams don't usually do very well. Yeah. All right. Well, we appreciate your call. Uh, uh, yeah, guys. We appreciate your call, Coach. Uh, I appreciate uh, the time, uh, Co- Coach Lou. Coach Lou, I got one question <laughs> yes, for you. Go ahead. I've been, I've been, to- I've been told that coaches have, uh, have, have egos that they always think they could fix a player. Do you think you fix Jalen Hurts? Do you think you have no, what it takes? Really. To- you think if you no. got in his ear, could you, could you fix Jalen Hurts? No, I don't. Um, I don't have any skills at the <laughs> NFL level. Believe me, uh, those you know, uh, my my football uh, acumen is a little lower than that. <laughs> well, I know, I know for a fact that Howie Roseman listens to this podcast. That was your chance at the at the uh, 
the offensive coordinator job next year and, yeah. and you, uh, you passed up on yeah. it. I think you could outcoach Urban Meyer. Well, yeah, I, I think I, you could. You I could definitely could outcoach Urban Meyer. I think I could outcoach the Eagles staff. <laughs> oh, leave my boy Nick Sirianni alone. Oh. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's pretty funny. They're. Uh, I think the Eagles, once again, as an organization, did some bad stuff when they got rid of, of uh, their quarterback and their coach. I mean, it makes no sense to get rid of both of them. If they would have got rid of Dougie Fresh and held on to Wentz, I think he would have been successful under maybe a real coach. I'm not sure anybody here is a real coach. But getting rid of both of them kind of sets you back to where, what do you do with? What do you do with new quarterbacks and new coaches? You're, you're kind of in purgatory until so many changes are made that the fans and the people and the organization have to be willing to say, look, it's going to be a rough couple of years, maybe a rough three or four or five years, but we're going to draft some guys. We're going to get the people in that fit the mold that we want to do. We'll, we'll get a real quarterback somewhere down the road. We'll, we'll make sacrifices. And, you know, I, I don't really have a lot of faith in, in the Eagles organization as a whole right now, being that they got rid of the wrong guys. Uh, if they would have got rid of Peterson alone, I think things would have stepped up. Yeah. Yeah. You know, this coach did a smart thing a few games back when he decided to run the ball instead of throw the ball 50 times a game. So maybe, maybe he's learning on the run and will become something that I don't think he is. But if he, if he continues to run the ball and throw when necessary and throw when surprised, you know, when you can make a big play, they have a better chance of winning. Doing yeah, I, I'm willing to get. I, I like to give Sirianni a little a little extra leeway because yeah. when it comes to like a coach, you know, there's really it's not a question of like talent ceiling as much as it is like a inexperience, and he's just going to take his lumps. And you got to see if he comes out better on the other end. Right, and know? that's part of it. And like I said, that change he made several games back, where he, he turned things over and said, "Look, let's let's not just throw the ball a million times a game. Let's pound the ball in there." I think it's a lot safer when you throw the ball. Most of the stuff that can happen is bad. Only one thing good can happen, and that would be a complete pass. <laughs> Otherwise, everything else is dangerous. Yeah. All right, Coach, we appreciate you calling in, man. Hey, man, thanks a lot. Good to talk to you guys anytime. All right, get back with you soon. Thanks. Thank you. There you have it, Coach Lou. Coach Lou. Coach Lou. Coach Lou, Verb- the inside scoop. Verbatim said, uh, said, Dylan Hurts is hated in the locker room, and not even he could fix him. That 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 is really hurting my confidence in the guy moving forward in terms of uh, Jalen Hurts. I, I was shocked to hear I that. To really I gotta get some. I gotta get some verification on that. I'm gonna need uh, two factor authentication on that one. I gotta find somebody to tell uh, yeah. me. Yeah, for sure. And and I do want to say one thing. Uh, he he mentioned Nick Sirianni. He's not sure what he is. Um, the one thing I would say about that, outside of one coach who I think uh, has a much better uh, team in Staley and in, in the Chargers. I think the team as a whole is a much, much better uh, place than the Eagles are. I, I think that Nick Sirianni might be the best uh, rookie coach right now. And I know it's not the greatest competition with Urban Meyer, Dan Campbell, uh, Robert Sala, but I think there's something to be said that, you know, he's making, he's shown that he can make adjustment. He shows that he does what it takes to win. Uh, and I think that, I would feel really. I feel really good knowing that he's our coach moving into 2022. And I know that Doug is making a little bit of a media run, which is kind of making people feel some type of way about it. But I think while maybe firing Doug wasn't the best choice in the world, I think that you may have ended up in a good situation anyway because I think we do have a guy who's going to be a pretty good coach for a couple uh, a couple of years, and he's young. So, uh, and most importantly. Whether whether you don't like the uh, the flower analogies and how he acts and his his personality, it is seeming to connect with these uh, players. They seem to be really well liked. So he's he's checking a lot of my boxes in terms of a coach. Uh, like if if he if if you would have told me in the beginning of the season this is what he looks like uh, at this point, I would say I'm I'm pretty happy about it. Yeah, and 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 you know I don't think he was trying to say that he's hated in the locker room necessarily I just think I think maybe I really really believe that what he's trying to say is there's frustration with his development or lack thereof I I I could see that before I could see him being like hated you know or just just that there's some friction 
I don't, I don't know if I don't know if he's. I think I, he's gonna. I th- I think he's gonna be in the league for a very long time, regardless of if he's a starter. I think he's is the type of player that just seems to hang around for a very long time. Thinking like Colt McCoy, uh, players like that who just seem to, to have have that personality. You know, the hardworking person that cares about the team. So I think I think he'll be all right, regardless of if he's the starter of the future. Another thing he said was talking about potentially moving him. Uh, around the draft time and i guess if you're going to try and move up and get a quarterback or if you're going to trade for a quarterback that that you know makes the most sense i think that the next four games make it even more important to have him start because if he can win these games and you know there's obviously this is kind of foolish of me to even assume it but if if you have these older gms in the league that care about quarterback wins as a stat you know the eagles may not uh May not he may not look great to the Eagles in terms of they still win the four games, but he's not doing the things that I said he needs to do to cement himself as a position of being a quarterback in 2022. But he can do enough to make him more valuable in the trade market around draft time when you do want to go and move up or try to get a Russ or try to get a worst-case scenario, try to get uh, the diddler himself, um, Deshaun Watson. Uh, I am once again going to say that I have a feeling that the Eagles are going to dra- uh, trade for Derek Carr this offseason. I can't shake it's it. It's a crazy I can't shake it. I just, I got a feeling. I don't know why. You know, it seems like there's like, you know, his time may be up in, 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 in uh, Oakland. His time may be up in Vegas. They're probably yes. maybe looking to move on. There seems to be a little bit of rumors going around. And he's not going to cost that much. Especially with, you know, Russell Wilson floating around. Deshaun Watson will probably once again be floating around. Aaron Rodgers floating around. Ooh, maybe oh, you get Carr on a cheap deal. I think that's very interesting. Yeah, I mean, I think there's going to be some interesting things going on. I, I think I'm not writing off Jalen Hurts just yet, but I am, you know, it is by week. Uh, so we do have to have some other things to talk about. But I think we could move into the game here, which is uh, really important for the Eagles' playoffs chances. Uh, the Eagles right now are um, the highest-ranked team in like the playoff hunt in terms of the wild-card race outside of uh, the 49ers, so like that seventh seed. They have 37% as uh, per uh, 538 to, to make the playoffs. If they were to win this game against Washington, that would shoot up to fifty uh, percent. So uh, a, a really, really big game uh, for for the birds this week. Uh, and Washington is a depleted team right now with COVID uh, and injuries. It looks like they are going to get ter- uh, Terry McLaurin back because uh, of the concussion, and it looks like Taylor Henneke is going to play. But they are beat up on the line, both sides of it. They should be able to handle the uh, their business. Um, if if I were to say you know the Eagles are you are going to win this game, well, you know I think you believe it. But do you think they do it through the ground? Do you think Jalen Hurts shows that he's uh, uh, actually been faking it the whole time and throws the rock around uh, the link uh, for a dominant victory? Like where where do you think the keys to the game are? Well, I mean, there's so many uh, guys missing this week because of COVID that it's hard to say like. Oh, you have to beat their defensive line because they're missing a few guys. I think I think Chase Young is already on IR, right? And then they, yep. you know they lost somebody else, and they you know they lost three more guys today, and I think two of them are linebackers. So you know I want to say Washington's front seven is like scary, and you got to find a way to beat them, but they don't scare me right now. So so I I think they'll have the freedom, right, if they execute to win any way they see fit. So if you want to see, you know, like Hertz is going to have opportunities to to sling it a little bit, you know, mm. and so if you want to see some Hertz, you're going to be able to do that because you're not scared to death of him getting his brains blitzed in, and if you want to run the rock, you're going to be able to do that because you're not afraid of you know run stop run stopping linebackers or or, or tremendous front four, and so. I think the Eagles kind of have their their choice this week, and I don't want to say like I don't want to be like you could choose however you want to win because they're terrible. Like don't take it for granted because you're then then you lose like you lost to, to the Giants. But I don't think there's a unit that I want to get away from that I'm scared of. You know, obviously we got to execute. So what do I think I'll see? I think I'll see a good mix. 
I think you have to see a good mix. There's nothing yeah, they're going to do to my, force you out of of one offensive game plan. Yeah, I I think when I look at that Giants game, I think that's like the archetype for what to do in terms of the keys of the game. You you should be able to handle this team uh, in the same way that you should have been able to handle the Giants. No dumb penalties, no turnovers, and you should be able to get out of there with a win. You're at home. Uh, it's probably one of the biggest games at the link for in like the last two years, if you think about it, in terms of like playoff seeding. In terms of, uh, it's probably the Dallas game is the last game that meant this much in terms of playoff implications, uh, and that was two years ago. So uh, I, I'd say you know take care of the ball. You know do do uh, dumb plays, and you know who who knows what happens uh, after. After the dust settles, but I think uh, when you're this uh, much, I think I wouldn't want to say that overmatched because I don't think the Eagles are good enough to be a team that can say that they're overmatched. But with all the injuries, with all the COVID, with all the situations for Washington, I think that it's their game to lose, uh, and they just need to take care of the damn football and and no dumb penalties. And I think they should win. Yeah, I, the, listen, you can't walk into a game. That is essentially a playoff game for the Eagles because they cannot; they have to win out if they want to if they want to make the playoffs, right? Unless you want all kinds of crazy stuff to happen. So realistically, we have to win out, and so it's a playoff game. You cannot lose a game against a division rival that's essentially a playoff game where they're missing twenty one starters. You, you just can't, you can't. There's no like yeah, that's it. Or if you if you lose that game, it means it doesn't mean you can't. You just you just can't do it. Yeah, you can't you can't be a playoff team and and do that for sure for sure. No way. And I and I really I really if Hurts plays this week and I'm not sure that he will. Uh, they're being very tight lipped with it again. It's a high ankle sprain. And I I thought last week that or you know two weeks ago I thought that maybe they weren't letting on how bad it was. And then lo and behold, the night before Minshew Minshew was going to start. Everybody found out. So I, I kind of have a feeling we might see Minshew again, right, wrong, or indifferent. And I don't know if they're just not t- telling us how serious it is or if they're being very cautious or if they just want to see another game of Minshew. Yeah, I think I think that uh, the, he didn't practice last week and, and they uh, were basically – that kind of that kind of led people to believe that he wasn't going to play because of how young he is. He's not the he's not the Aaron Rodgers who can miss every game of practice and then still um, still play. I think being limited early Wednesday, being limited on Thursday, I think that's trending in the right direction for him to play. And I think it's a little gamesmanship if he can get limited reps on Wednesday, limited reps on Thursday, uh, and then he'll be in the walkthrough tomorrow. I think he does end up playing. Um, I'm not sure what's that what that is going to do. I I'm very much uh you know that that Giants game really it's just so hard to uh wash that taste out of your mouth. He's probably going to have to play like the next 3 games really really well because that's just how bad it was. When you think about how much that game could have been in terms of uh trending this team in the right direction and and although they beat the Jets uh, I'm still, you know, in a place where this team really has to kind of reel reel me back in before I uh, myself get hurt once more. Let if, me ask if, you this: if that makes any sense? Let's say, let's say this happens. Let's say the Eagles come out this week, they win, they beat Washington, and Hurts doesn't really look good. But because Washington is bad, we still squeak by. And at the same time, let's say the Vikings lose. Now, what we need to make the playoffs is for us to win out and the Vikings to lose one of the next four games, right? Mm-hmm. Now, if they're going to lose one, I don't think it'll be next week because they got they play somebody Chicago. Kind of, yeah, so they they probably don't lose Chicago, but let's just say, for the sake of argument, now the Eagles have a real shot. They got to win three of the next three. One of them being against the Giants team, one of them being against Washington, and one against Dallas, who is probably going to be benching their players. At that point, do you then make the decision after having Hurts back for a week and not looking great, but with playoffs potentially in our grasp, do you then say, okay, maybe right now Minshew gives us a better shot to win these next three games. Doesn't mean that he's a great quarterback or he's the quarterback of the future, but he gives us a better shot this year 
and the playoffs are within our grasp, do you make the switch? Uh, I do not because uh, I don't think – I know that Gardner Minshew gives you a better chance to win in, in this scenario given that you know Jalen doesn't play well. I, I don't think – I don't think there's enough in the margins in terms of they can't beat the Giants with with a subcom you know like even with Jalen Hurts I, I just I don't like the version of Jalen Hurts that you're you're talking about which I, I'm not necessarily sure will will come out um, but I just think that they are playing some teams coming moving forward that they should still be able to handle um, unless he has games like. The Giants game, which I, I really don't think he's going to do. So I I would still roll out there with Hertz because um, of all the reasons that we talked about in terms of finding out definitively who he is uh, and benching him. If you're going to move on from him, you you might want to try to trade him. I think uh, I think there's a there's value in, in letting him finish out the year to show get more tape out there and hopefully you know convince someone to come along and and. Take them if the Eagles do uh, do move on, but I think this game is it doesn't is, play well. Doesn't regardless, he hurt his value more than he helps it. What if he like skids into the end of the season, and you and you I, leave I, with like you leave like oh god, then then what are you getting for him? I think like if 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 they win the games, that that's what's going to uh, shoot his value up a little bit. I think no matter what, he's going to be the throw in in the Russell Wilson trade and or or in the Deshaun Watson trade god forbid you know i so i think i think you do want to you do want him to finish out the year no matter what cuz i just i i don't see any benefit even even in the playoffs but you know maybe next week he goes out and he throws three picks and and they sneak out a win anyway and i'm going to be a different person on this podcast because you know I do love free football. I do love playoff football, and you know I will take any chance I can get it. But uh, I'm going to need to see. I need to see him play after that. After that Giants game, so bad that I'm just. I'm, just, I'm really focused on this Washington game. But I think that'll be something we can talk about uh, next week, or or even uh, on uh, on Sunday after after we see what this team looks like. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you my bet uh, of the week uh, and. Uh, I know I want to get it out there, but I guess it doesn't matter. You know what? I'll leave this part out, but it, I, I'm throwing it into a teaser. Uh, I like the idea of getting the Chargers up to 10, getting the Eagles down to 3.5, getting the Patriots up to 8.5 in a three-team teaser. Uh, uh, for some reason, the Patriots are giving points to or getting points from Indy, which seems crazy to me. Um, and same thing it? for the Chargers, in spite of what Kansas City's kind of look like. I think that game's a little closer, and I think the Eagles are going to beat the crap out of uh, Washington. So if you somehow find a way to listen to this podcast uh, before it uh, for the 820 game tonight on Thursday, uh, go ahead and, and bet on the Chargers. Literally I to do not that because I just was looking at I am not literally impossible. posting this until tomorrow. <laughs> But but just know that that my 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 podcast record uh, is is in the balance. Oh, oh, really? Yeah, I don't know. I don't I don't actually know what my overall record in gambling is uh, to, uh, on the podcast. Next year, uh, I'm going to make it a point to uh, keep track of it. Okay, yeah, I think we should because I I I was under the impression you were doing pretty good. Might be. I, I very well might be. I, I I just forget the bet as soon as I uh, take my headphones out for the <laughs> take my headphones off uh, talking into this microphone. All right. So before we sign off, before we say goodbye, had an interesting conversation this week, um, and this is really more about football in general. Brought up, you know, this was brought about by the Demarius Thomas tragedy. Um, first of all, man, thirty three years old. Just scary, sad, horrible, great young player who, you know, went and made a lot of waves and then retired and, and had a, a lot of life left. He was going, you know, and dies like that. And so we were talking uh, at work, just talking with Alberti, and we were talking about the game of football. And there's a lot of this, like, you know, toughen football up conversation and, oh, they can't even hit each other's stuff. And 
I'm wondering, you know, if we, you know, we all love this sport. We, we, we come on here every week and we talk because we love this sport and we love watching it. And of course we love big hits and, and we love, you know, the violence that comes with it. But this sport, if it wants to survive, I think, I think has to evolve, you know, and I don't want to see it get, I don't want to see the excitement get drained from it, you know, but we can't keep like seeing things like this happen, man. Like these guys are so beat up and their bodies are so worn and the, the, the issues with CTE. I mean, look at what happened to like junior say a couple of years ago, you know, like, it's just, I don't know. Like, where do you go from here with like thirty-three-year-olds dying in their shower? What? What? Yeah. Do we do? I think. I think a lot of it is going to be, um, in and I. I think it's not necessarily one-to-one comparison, but with the Calvin Ridleys and the and the Lane Johnsons and people you know, being more open about their mental health and how they feel, like on the junior say thought in particular. Then I think, you know, I think the league is is losing a little bit of its physicality, but, I mean, I would say the benefit of, of having, you know, an overall, you know, people aren't dying because you're watching this product. I'd say that that's a fair trade. Like if I have to, if I have to see a couple dumb penalties because of, uh, a targeting that wasn't really a targeting i'd say um i'd say it's it's probably worth it i think as this as this has kind of been implemented in college over the last couple of years and i think probably more so in the in the lower levels of football i think that you're going to see less and less of this happen because of the fact that they're doing i think they're doing a very good job of of keep you know you know moving forward and trying to make the game safer uh and i think that uh I, I think that you'll see less of it, but it, it is unfortunate when it does happen, especially and he was so young too, and, and a and a not a player that I I recognize as like when I think of Junior Seau, when I think of you know, the players like that, I, I think of like oh this guy was in a time frame of football where it was violent and you know it, it was that kind of game. Now you know I don't think of Demarius Thomas as playing in that era, and and to see it happen to him too, it it is kind of. Uh, an interesting situation in terms of, I mean, it's a travesty that it happened at all, but it's, it's, it's odd to me that it happened given that he was kind of on the, on the tail end of the safety kind of, I don't want to call it a safety movement. That kind of makes it sound like it's something negative, but if, if I'm making sense, it's like, it's odd that it's even happening to players from that era, uh, given that they there was more of a focus on player safety in his time and, and more so now than then, but, still to to have him still pass away is is kind of crazy yeah man and i don't know i, I th- th- we're not going to answer a question this big on this podcast you know and i don't even know if there is an answer but i just wanted to bring it up it's something that's been like weighing on me this week i'm like man like what what can we do you know i you can only do so much and to dilute the game before it's a problem before you know the product is really worse you know but at the same time like i don't want these these you know these are young people like dying committing suicide dying from right. you know because they're they need pain medicine to get out of bed because their body's like destroyed it's just it's just so scary and horrible to me yeah yeah it, it is it is just insane but um yeah, that that is that is something that hopefully hopefully things will turn around and and you know they'll continue to move forward into you know making the league a safer place for people and you know uh you know overall the the sport will still be awesome to watch every single Sunday and I don't think we need helmet to helmet and you know terrible things to happen to uh to uh, make the game still entertaining if that that makes any sense yeah yeah i guess I, you know we need a final score prediction too oh um, oh uh 28 13 birds cool all right i'm gonna say uh 35 to 2 birds 
Uh, let me. They're going to give a safety. Uh, yeah, that's a freak accident. Um, I I don't know. I think the Eagles will probably. I want to say they'll do a little better than that. So I'm going to say that they are going to win 35 to 14. 35 14. I want to change mine. Can I change mine? Yeah, yeah. 28 to 6. Ooh, 28 to 6. I like that. I hope they win. They're going to they're going to get in the end zone I once they, and the extra point's going to get blocked out of them. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Here's hoping. Yeah, that's going to happen. 28 to 6. Go birds. Birds. So I think that's all we got today. Uh, we went through some news and notes. We went through some other shit. I don't know. We talked a bunch. We appreciate you guys listening in. And uh, we're going to leave you with a little bit of Blue Oyster Colt. As always, go birds. <laughs>